0: record night i'm ryan and i'm chris and what do we do here on record night chris
1: record night is where we pick a theme and we each piece to bring a record on a theme we sit around we talk about it sometimes we're drinking beer i'm not tonight i don't think you are either right? neither am i yeah
0: um water but, for me
1: <laughs> yeah but we pick a theme we each bring a record on and we the, the theme on. we just discuss records kind of like a some might call it a music review show
0: yeah I would. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, so before we dive into this week's theme, uh, we've got social media out there. Feel free uh-huh, to reach yeah. out to us. We are on Twitter at record underscore night. We're on Instagram at record night pod. We're on Facebook at uh, record night.
1: Yeah. Facebook.com slash so record night. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: And then really uh, get that
1: one. That was good.
0: And then we've got an email address at record night pod at gmail.com. So check us out um sometimes we post pictures of stuff uh yeah. say things about music you know yeah
1: yeah this the, the normal thing yeah.
0: uh what people do on <laughs> social media
1: do you think um do you, do you think like you have a preferred method people reach out to, just to uh, reach out reach out us with like like what no. for an email no okay
0: it, however whatever you, you, whatever you want to use I'll probably respond quicker on an instagram but yeah I guess it depends on how uh uh, serious your question is <laughs> yeah. How quickly you need it answered
1: Yeah yeah it depends like, it's like, can you, It'd be like He'd probably confer with me He's like what should I say And I'm like Yeah I don't need to say anything And you'll never get a reply So get stuck on that Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Our theme today is what? It is the newest album From a band you grew out of
1: Yeah so like you know There's some bands that you just You either grow out of Because your music tastes have changed Or you you know you come an age where this band doesn't mean as much to you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, I brought Thursday's No Devolution, the 2011 record and their final record. And by this time in 2011, I had stopped listening to Thursday. It doesn't give a fuck anymore.
0: Right. And I yeah. brought Lincoln Park's One More Light, uh, which I'd stopped listening to them after their second album.
1: Meteora was the second. Yeah.
0: Album? So I didn't even know what to expect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But course- I believe this will also be their last album
1: yeah it had to be um when it comes to thursday i actually listened to the record before this called common existence and it was all right it was typical thursday but i was like i don't need to care anymore Mm -hmm. but uh but uh today i think we're starting out with thursday's no evolution right correct
0: starting yep starting with yours so yeah who are thursday When, when when is thursday
1: a thursday is the day after wednesday but (laughs) <laughs> this band uh they're from uh they're kind of contemporaries of the, the it, in like the early 2000s late to early 90s early 2000s uh emo was coming back in a different way like you know we have the emo of the 90s that stuff like uh, promise ring in a uh, elliot mm-hmm. elliot smith even but no this um this is like sort of post-hardcore emo screamo type thing and they are contemporaries of like michael comments but they're come up before them so if you know there are people i listened to thursday growing up as uh, the first like their first like second their second record full class which is really the first record a lot of people because waiting was hard to find uh when full class came out uh it was a it was a big moment for me 2001 when i discovered thursday and became a big fan of them uh and i wasn't listening to mike kim or anything like that because mike Kim was still not popular but Thursday was getting pop popular, the, and they sort of dominated the landscape. Of my my elite <laughs> my my elite listening days until coming to since I really love Thursday
0: a lot. Yeah, looked. this was one of those bands I've always been aware of, but I never listened to because you know you'd see the the you know the emo kids wearing the Thursday shirts. It would be kind yeah. of like mixed in with their their wardrobe and stuff, and it was like, oh, that's a band I know, and that was that was about it.
1: I'm going to use term emo kids because. People not call me emos, not what the fucking emo is. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um anyway. but uh yeah, it's uh, the band members are Tom Keeley, who I met uh at the board tour. Um, nice. Tim Payne, Jeff Rickley, uh, who is you know, he's just still around. Uh Tucker Rule and Steve Padua, and they've released Full Collapse. They did World of the Time, which is a major review, which record still fucking rips. Um uh they also did City by the Light Divided, which doesn't rip. Coming <laughs> this which has, which has a few good songs and no delusion. What's the record we're talking about? They broke up, but they've gotten back together to do stuff I hate, which is nostalgia tours. Can't stand them. Can't stand this out shit. Like, so, like, they've come back and they've done records where they play all full collapse. I'm like, hey, I understand that. Like, I'm I, i, I I'm fine with it, I guess, to the point, but to me, it's like I, I'm always moving forward, mm-hmm. you know? And so, going back and listening to a record that I know of that means a lot of people is great. It just, it bothers me a little bit. Do you understand why balls like, like,
0: yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe they just don't feel creative with each other anymore, but they are still like separately making music. Like I know, um, I was looking stuff up. The lead singer basically formed a band with the band. I think it's the lost profits. Yeah. Something like that. After the, the lead singer turned out to be just a horrible person and is in jail <laughs> yeah. for a very long time. Um, yeah, so it's yeah. like, <laughs> Now he's kind of like the lead singer of the Lost Prophets, but like, yeah, they're they're doing their own thing, so it's like he's still... no
1: devotion, yeah, yeah. And also, he did the the band the United Nations, which was fucking crazy. They're like a like a hardcore punk, like, the, but to me, I'd call them almost a uh, almost power violence band. Um, <laughs> United Nations are fucking cool. Um, and it was when he was doing that stuff. That he was he was pretty uh, dope sick the whole time. Like, oh really? Like he's, yeah, he's just got yeah addiction issues. Um, but you know what? Before we talk about no devolution, I think I'm. I think I'm going to give our our people who listen to the podcast a chance to hear it. Is that yeah,
0: up? play that sample. So, uh,
1: this is Thursday's no devolution. That's a sample of Thursday's new evolution. Uh, so, Marvel all all thoughts about this and Thursday's canon. I guess the the thing is, in when it comes to like lyrics and shit, it's definitely darker than anything they've ever done. Which is kind of funny in the way that Thursday are known for being sad sack emo music, right? Like like right. Like, <laughs> yeah, kids like me were listening to this and they dyed their hair black and they didn't want to see the world because it's so ugly. Um, but um, <laughs> but. Uh, but so in the, in the way, when it comes to Thursday being genuine, they never stopped doing that sort of thing. They always, there was, there were times when it was uncool cool to say you like Thursday. Like, that's the thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I was never that guy that said I didn't like Thursday, but it, there's times when there's never time. I was like, again, I'm bleeding, guilty pleasures, but I stopped listening to Thursday because it just didn't listen to him anymore. it just banned it the list. Right. Um, but this is their final record. And it, pretty much follows project. Yeah. Project trajectory. I really, I, re- I d- expect if I decide to get back into them, you know, uh, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a fantastic about anything, things, but it's not awful to me.
0: No, I it's, thought it, So my overall thoughts on this one is like, I have no, no frame of reference to what Thursday sound like. Yeah. But to me with like the stuff they were, the stuff they were doing was more interesting than I expected for them being, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of like an emo band. Um, so I'm curious how much of it was just like, we want to make a final artistic statement. We're no longer going to be like, you know, tethered to being like the emo band. Like we can just kind of do what we want. And it, you know, a lot of it does seem like it's still kind of tied to the emo stuff. Like I can't fully escape that, but there is a lot of just like cool, interesting things going on on this album that I, I really appreciated.
1: Yeah. Um, for Jeff Rickley, he, his lyrics have a lot to do with comes like for this song, the first one fast the end is about a, I guess a plane crash, right? Like, like, but like a the metaphor for how you feel, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, but his, his lyrics de- dealt a lot with plane crashes or plane, uh, you know, I'd call them, um, you know, midair uh, misadventures. <laughs> um, because, uh, <laughs> because, uh, when he was traveling with poison, while they on a plane going to Australia and they had like one of those, uh, basically the plane started falling and it had the mass come down, but this the plane regained everything and they're fine. But since then he's been terrified flying, but he does it and he has songs about it, you know? Right. Like um, and this song is no no uh no exception. The song's about you know, basically the horrible shit that can happen while you're flying, but not really, it's more about I guess uh whatever down. Um <laughs> <laughs> Like, 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 just sort of, just, I guess, taking control of your life, even though the world around you is awful. You know, you're in the pilot's chair. Um, Right. (laughs) uh, This song has a sort of a My bloody Valentine song, like with the chaotic beauty in it. Um, And it it has ugly guitar sounds and Jeff screaming, which is always nice.
0: Um, Yeah, it's, uh, it starts pretty heavy. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and the vocals kind of do this like fading in and fading out, like almost like a. It's kind of like disorienting, which I thought was which is
1: which is a, kind of the same way through the whole record. Like the 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 um the vocals are very subdued in parts where you're like I could never make out what was saying if anything was in front of me.
0: Which but is- once the once the chorus kicks in, it does hit that kind of early two thousands like emo music like they like i said they they can't seem to fully escape from it um but there's some really cool uh drum and bass interplay which i like Mm -hmm. they you know you can tell there's a lot of uh chemistry there yeah and then the guitar kind of takes a bit of the cool away when it comes in
1: yeah and the problem with also this record uh, in general, or the, this Thursday's this whole record in general, is they have a keyboard player, but the keyboard comes off pretty corny in a lot of it. Like really the best way, to put it, you know, like not so much in this song, but but I can hear it. It's just it's just kind of like, uh,
0: like yeah. Like, well, I mean, if we want to talk about <laughs> cheesy synths, uh, no answers. Oh yes, has you covered.
1: Yeah, there's some cheesy synth in this. Uh, like weird time signature that doesn't pay off.
0: Um, but it is cool. W- like when it is happening, that's kind of what I mean with yeah. like the, they're trying new stuff. Cause they're, you know, they, I think they knew they were going to break up. So it's like, you get these weird cheesy scents, but then it all kind of shows up in this weird meter that you can't quite bob your head to. Yeah. It's um,
1: a weird song.
0: You know, yeah, like, like, I like I like the drum beat drum beats crazy and weird and the guitars are like feedbacky and echoey just kind of like yeah. chilling in the background
1: yeah and uh, you could say that like I there's many ways you can um interpret the lyrics of this song um what one says is Rickley stated there's no answers Explores the concept of carrying on a on a friendship with the past lover we with someone so on this more important little relationship and simple romance you could fool me I do out what the fuck the song's about like like
0: um, <laughs> no i i could get that um okay like there's stuff with like you share a family but you don't share a name some things run deeper than blood you know it's just talking about uh how the relationships are important and it you know it kind of sucks when you break up
1: yeah it does suck i get it
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um <laughs> I like there. There's a there are moments of like a cool vocal melody on here. That was that was one of the larger issues I had with the album is uh, when they're like a vocal melody is happening, it usually does kind of lean emo sounding, which I'm not a big fan of that genre. Uh, did, did, I, the,
1: did the vocals feel unfinished to you in this song? Like they like had like a like you know, sometimes a, a vocals are going to a booth, they'll sort of suss out the melody and they'll sing words here and there. That's what this song sounds like to me. Like, like the early sketch of it, that didn't fully flesh out.
0: Uh, See, to me, I, I felt like it was a conscious choice because like everything in it is kind of like disorienting. And then the, the vocals come in when he's saying something like, um, you can make it hurt as much as it did before. It's very like washy and unfocused that I think fits in with the, uh, the song.
1: Okay. So you, you you get it. <laughs>
0: okay. I think um, so. Maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I was like, oh that's kinda that's kinda The neat. course
1: seems I use the term cinematic when describing the course on this. Do you get that too? Like it's like I can't see it now. Like it's like it's like it's a weird like we're talking about the weird time signature that the verses are in. Mm-hmm. The course sort of it's it's sort of rises up like a
0: bird or some shit <laughs> like, and that i mean that's kind of how i feel about choruses across this whole thing is like you get the i'm trying not to be too mean but like you get the you get the interesting music during the verses and then the chorus is like i i feel like they tried to like well we got to do something catchy so let's do something catchy and it's like well you're kind of like pulling the wind out of the uh the sails on your song here but I can't
1: say also that I don't think they're looking to go on the radio. None of these songs sound radio friendly.
0: Right. Oh, until you hit, yeah. if they, if they just cut it out. So it's just the choruses, then maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe <laughs> um, I like, I do like the outro where like the music drops out and it's just guitar and drums. Uh, it like adds more like clarity to the music. Like it, yep. it feels the song itself feels, you know, I think I said washy and unfocused. And then it's like right there at the end, you get the, like the little bit of clarity, which I thought was really cool.
1: Uh, Move on, to dark for a darker forest. Um, also, corny, so corny, corny. Um, sent on this one too. I
0: thought like, yeah, but the bass sounds cool.
1: Oh yeah, but bass sounds fucking killer. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, and actually, that bass is killer. Um,
0: yeah, it. Uh, which it also gets more like emphasis during the chorus. Like the bass player is pretty good in this band. Um, and this is more. the song is a little more like atmospheric.
1: Yeah, and that's what they're they're going for with this record, like you know, darker themes, atmospheric. Um, and the the which, what's what's kind of cool is, is there's a pretty um simple explanation of how this song it it's about when you talk about the lyrics because again I'm a lyrics guy. It's like it's like both the paths you take to the places they're both they're both gonna suck <laughs> like like mm-hmm. the same like 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 a uh, dark forest. Each path take in the dark forest. There's no good path.
0: Yeah, I, I think it even says it. Uh, what if every path you take starts to look the same and leads you equally astray?
1: That, that, that's the thesis of the song, in verse too, mm-hmm. um, and it's 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 a dark it's a dark song. Like there's no there's no no lesson to be learned from it um, except <laughs> the fact that man it kind of sucks. Uh, but uh, it's but it sounds it's a cool song uh, with the bass and all that stuff. It's it's just a uh, it's just a weird song to me. Like,
0: yeah, uh, it's got good drumming on it, though. Uh, uh-huh. But it's another song. I yeah, I even wrote it down here. Uh, choruses all seem to come from the same like emo esque like writing tendencies.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard for them to leave that shit behind. And maybe that that's maybe that's why they, why they broke up. You know, like to me, like if you feel like you've gone as far as you can, you know, right. It can be Thursday. Some the um, evolution the is there. Swan Song. I I would be really surprised if they got back there to do a new record. I really would. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't even know what it's, it would sound like after you know uh you know eleven years. You know, tw- you know twelve years of not really deserves at least you know. So and I don't know if I want to hear it. I mean, I, I definitely <laughs> I definitely hear it. I definitely listen to it. But you know, whatever. <laughs> Let's uh, move on to Sparks Against the Sun.
0: Yeah, which this one at the beginning, like, threatens to be a lighter track. And then it's just like, ah.
1: <laughs> like
0: it, it's so weird. Like, you listen to it, you're like, oh, it's going to be, they're going to lighten it up a little bit. Um, and it's got a lot of, uh, you know, it's got piano, but it's still got a really, really nice, cool bass tone.
1: Yeah, and it zoned out and then it brought me back in this song. I was almost zoned out while listening to it. and I'm like, Oh, OK, here we are. Mm mm-hmm. um, this, this this song the this is where if you were going to be Elliot Smith about it, you know, start listening to the lines about it. talks see the bridge that uh, the bridge mentions the 12 step program almost by name because it goes into mm-hmm. 12 and that's where you're getting at. Like, like, again, it, to me, this is about addiction.
0: Yeah, you know, I could see from, that. I was curious what the significance of the 12 was. But yeah, that yeah. makes sense.
1: And that's what I got from it. Like, there's, there's no, like, no genius things. And that's what I got from the 12-step program Mm -hmm. in in the bridge where it talks about to me. This is, it's a little bit about addiction to me. And that's, that's what I'm getting out of it. And I could be fucking wrong. But, um, (laughs)
0: uh, this one was another, this one was kind of frustrating for me musically. Um, cause the band's really good at like pre-chorus instrumentals. Um, Mm -hmm like I really was wishing that the choruses were as interesting as the little bit before the chorus promised. Um, also
1: like the, the bridge is pretty interesting, but not the chorus, like the bridge part. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, and the rest like, of it, they, you're, like the choruses, all like sound like slightly more atmospheric, like pop punk songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which but, is a bummer because the verses and other parts are good. Um, but then I lose interest for a large portion of the song. Like zone out.
1: And the thing is, like, did you? Did, did, a lot of people, the, the 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 beef they have with with Jeff Rickley is he can't really sing that well, but he's passionate, mm-hmm. you know. And which would turn me on to it. Like I was into when I listened to him. Like you can't sing that well, but it's, there's there's emotion there, you
0: know. Um, right. But, and I, um, I mean, I don't I don't really mind that much unless it's like egregiously bad but if it matches the music i'm not gonna be like oh well, he, he's a little pitchy here
1: <laughs> i don't think really was, he does care about that much songs as, as, as long as it rips um the song does not rip though no just the birds just the bridge in the verse too yeah. um, and we can move on to open quotes
0: yeah a little more more rocking a little more yeah, this is
1: this is like the, the the classic thursday to me there's nothing like like eye opening about this song. It's a it it's straight up political, you know, mm-hmm. not, not a political atmosphere, and it's Saint Thursday with the cacophony of sounds, and it it just sounds like previous previous Thursday, you know.
0: Yeah, I'm very curious how much influence they take from like progressive rock or math rock because uh, I always and, feel like there was always a little bit of that that leaked in you know like people are always big into like what's her name like follow Troy or whatever so like
1: uh, if they were going to follow any other band that, that, that they like they they came out you know who Lifetime were? Lifetime were like a pretty influential New Jersey um, post hardcore band mm-hmm. like if you listen to Saves the Day first record that could have been a Lifetime record so It sounds just like it and Thursday and, and I'm sure a bunch of bands out of the New Brunswick area of New Jersey grew up in basement shows, watching Lifetime or seeing them play. Not watching Lifetime, seeing the band Lifetime play. Right. <laughs> no. Yeah. So uh, that's why, like, like, so um, knowing that after the fact of listening to Thursday, watching it through the and listening to it through the lens of that or the filter of Lifetime, that's where I hear the influences when it comes to that. There may be math rock involved. There may be rest of rock involved, but it's hard for me not to hear "Lifetime" when I, the, right. when I listen to "Thursday." Um, that being said,
0: um, it's got a. Yeah. This has a moment of some extra fuzzy guitar that I liked, but yeah, that's about all I have to say about this song. Yeah,
1: it, to me, it sounds like Thursday. It could have been on any of the records, honestly, mm.
0: because that's
1: the first one, uh, which I, I don't really like that. Like that record, that first "Waiting," which I had to find for like twenty bucks at like a. Sam Goody when they were still around.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And people were paying them, like, people I said, I've seen people buy for a hundred bucks. And then Thursday was like, don't do that. We'll reinsure the record, okay? Sam so did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Past and Future Ruins. I hate the name of the song. I really do. I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I did the course on this one, actually. The course is the one of the few ones that I actually really dig.
0: Um, this one by this point uh was my favorite one on here. Um I really like the kind of like low rumble and guitar feedback that yeah. kind of like builds the atmosphere. It's got cool drumming on it. Um Do you hear do you hear the
1: demon vox in it? The mean like the really uh kind of screamy vocals in that?
0: Um, yeah. Uh I felt like they didn't quite work.
1: Well, um
0: At Thursday least for
1: that, me. That that, that 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 type of uh, Indecipherable Screaming shows up a lot on previous Thursday releases. Like, it's really noticeable in full claps and more all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like, like, and it doesn't always work,
0: <laughs> you know? I, but uh, yeah, I felt like I didn't really like it very much on this one. And then the vocals do kind of touch on that, like, pop punk, like, whininess a little bit, that 2000s whininess.
1: But yeah, I, but I would call this, this record, this song chaotic in, in regards to other songs on this record
0: oh yeah it's still a cool yeah. song it, it has some you know those things I noticed but I, like I said this is my favorite one so far it also and has like 40- xylophone or toy piano on it which I thought was cool yeah yeah get some extended um, instrumentation
1: oh uh, you know so call the paper ambulance trace the paper cuts um, th- there's 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 uh, re- references also to suicide all throughout this record like, mm-hmm. like uh, I didn't mention the last one with the. But there's always something like, you know, whether it be self-harm or, or you know, there's always like sort of like uh, either using his metaphor, which sounds a lot like this, which I don't know, if that's, a, that's the best way to put it about it. But one of the things I read about Thursday, by the way, is when they first started, um, Jeff had eight friends die in his senior year of high school. Oh, geez. Yeah. So uh, that's going to color of your music quite a bit, so. Uh, one of them was a suicide pact. So he also had friends doing that, which is like, uh, that used to be a thing. Yeah. It used used to be a thing and not, not a religious thing. They just, they have this pact and it's fucked up. Um, So uh, we go to magnets, cotton, metal heart.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, Once again, cool bass tone comes back. It's got mm -hmm. some, uh, yeah. Plinky, is it sounding guitars is the best way I can describe yeah, it.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it, it, and again, Jeff says about this song that it's about feelings of lust, and I get mixed up and misinterpreted as love.
0: Yeah, just kind of like misreading what your your brain chemicals are sending at you.
1: Yeah, which around the dark violet heart of God, <laughs> which is a little a little dramatic if you're asking me. But um,
0: yeah, but one thing I did appreciate about this track is uh. You know the song is like about love, but it still doesn't come off as super cliche. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. It's, I feel it's, like
0: they're at least approaching it in a in a different direction, as opposed to like, well, love sucks, you know. <laughs> um, um, but it, this, again, I don't. I'm just not digging. The vocals are the my pl- biggest problem with this album because I think the music on this track is really good.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting. Um, you're right. It's very interesting. The music that they do i do think that the that the key keywords do kind of ruin some of it for me but mm-hmm. that's that's just a that's i guess you would call it aesthetic choice um because otherwise i don't know jeff what's going on bud? <laughs> hope you're okay <laughs> not my favorite jeff just so you know <laughs> um uh but anyway um yeah that's i don't really have much to say about the song so my magnets caught metal heart it's a cool like name of the song, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, that yeah. That's about all I have to say for it too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Empty glass.
0: Yeah, it's a divorce song.
1: Yeah, and um, my parents have uh, divorced, so I kind of get it. It mm-hmm. wasn't this wasn't this dramatic, you know. I was seven, so I don't remember. I uh, you know, all I was sheltered from like all that stuff until hearing it oh. when I was like a late teenager. Like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, but this is about Jeff Jeff's divorce, and it's um. It's it's mostly just a like a synth chorus, like like just like there's not a whole lot of instrumentation going on till the very end when the stuff kicks in.
0: Yeah, it's like they put like echoes on the vocals that are kind of like slowly fading into the background. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's almost like these sustained like organ chords with like other instruments, kind of just like adding flavor, but it's mostly vocals and the organ, and the vocals are like doubled or auto-tuned there's something it sounds really interesting
1: there's reverb going on big time for Mm -hmm. sure i do like this song though um uh, parts of the song not the whole thing yeah and then um, there's
0: like uh there's like some glitchy violin in there too like i don't know they they do cool things and that i think that's why i find the album so frustrating is i want them to like fully commit to the cool things
1: and then they they just like the cool things they don't recognize and they smell and something else like but i like that thing
0: yeah but <laughs> it, like you said and this the, one builds into like a full band jam which i think the last minute
1: at the very least. yeah
0: which i think is exactly right for like this kind of structure of a song yeah um i wish it was you know a little bit heavier a little bit more cathartic because the drums are only there for like 30 seconds just
1: <laughs> so you could have um, done it like another minute of the song the drums maybe
0: yeah, just, you yeah. know, fully, fully pay off all that stuff you built up before. Um, but yeah, and then like the jammy parts a little bit kind of like dub inspired. It Again, it does some really cool stuff. It just needed to do it for a little bit longer and maybe a little heavier.
1: Which brings us to my favorite track in the whole record, A Gun in the First Act.
0: It's got accordion in it.
1: It does. It does <laughs> a, um, uh, but to me, this is also typical Thursday chaos. Like, like uh, to me, like and, and mm-hmm. it's all. Also, you can, there's a not necessarily like a, a personal issue going on. This is more about like society, whatever.
0: Yeah, you know? it's like a lot of like symbolism kind of like within human interaction. Like, it's, Yeah, it's, yeah. It, again, like just a really interesting take on, it's not like, oh, I got to go to a party and talk to somebody. That sucks because I'm awkward. It's like, you know, <laughs> not not understanding like symbols and like code and just like, I don't know. It's, it's very cool.
1: Yeah. I do like the lyrics. in this is a shame that Vox is so buried in it.
0: <laughs> so, uh, like, I'm fine with it. Oh, you're fine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's your biggest like, beef with this record. And probably uh, all but, Thursday,
0: but like near the end, the vocals do cut through the mix and it gets, it gets like heavier and a lot more rock and kind of near the end. So it's like, they're playing Plus, around with production, which is cool.
1: I also, no. It's not necessarily like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus song. It has an unconventional structure in that aspect when it comes to most pop songs. Mm-hmm. Like the, I guess if there's break, break it down, break, break, break it down. I guess that would be the the refrain. But I don't really hear a chorus in this thing.
0: No. Um. And then the the drums are doing a cool thing. It's it's almost like a machine gun pattern, and it also kind of sounds like they like buried a sample in there too.
1: A, yeah, gun. The first act of could have gun in this Mm -hmm. thing
0: Uh, Uh, but my only complaint about this track is it is a little repetitive mm. but it's cool enough that I'm not like super mad about it but you know yeah
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) moving on to Millimeter um, this song also this is where I wrote down suicidal ideation because it talks it it, you know it kind of talks about but this is more about like a a war metaphor song hmm you
0: know two songs That's about sh- guns in a row
1: yeah it's not it's not it's a if it, it's a fast short song it it's what it's two minutes 48 seconds which i think is the shortest song on the record
0: yeah they they the songs on this album are a little longer than i expected um yeah. but yeah this one it starts heavy it's got some weird like synth flourishes that i liked mm-hmm. um the drum there's a part where the there's like a really like reverb drum break that mm-hmm. sounded really cool. But yeah, this uh, one's really interesting lyrically because it's talking about like, you know, a millimeter. Like it's it's such a small mm-hmm. unit of measurement, but it could mean like everything. Like it's something so yeah. small that could change everything and it's crazy. Um, and But yeah, then it has people <laughs> yelling millimeter all over the mix, which was kind of cool. It gives it this like yeah. 3D effect. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I listened to this in stereo because my ear sometimes, is I put on, I make it where it's not the same side, but I was able to listen to this in stereo the day I, I listened to uh, wrote down notes on it. Mm-hmm. So As a cool mix like that. It turns us into the Turnback Divides, um, which is uh,
0: uh, going home when you don't want to go home.
1: Perhaps divorce, maybe drugs too.
0: Um, it could be anything. I think it's more just like the, the feeling of not wanting to go home.
1: It's a pretty sad song. It's like, like, like mm-hmm. it, um, you know, being a self-medicator, uh, hard, having trouble sleep, does not like living in New Jersey, and I don't blame him. Um,
0: <laughs> I wrote down that this sounds like a very 2000s heavy song intro. It does, right? Like, yeah, it it does sounds th- dated.
1: Which is, I mean, 2011 is not that, I mean, I guess it's long ago.
0: Yeah, but this song specifically is closer to what I expected this album to sound like. Like when yeah. I think what I think Thursday would sound like, this is what I think they would sound like.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: <laughs> that, that's how I'm approaching this, or I, how I was coming at this album. So I was really surprised with how the rest of the album sounded.
1: Yeah, I, I get you. Um I I really have no thoughts on this song. I, I, I mean, I just... I just got a rainy, uh, rainy, wet highway with the uh, song. (laughs) You know, um, because they talk about cold and the bed and tired and I was tired, all that shit. Um, But yeah, uh, Turn by Divides, that's a song.
0: It sure is. It's the (laughs) second to last song. And the last last song, Stay True.
1: Longest song on the record, and it's...
0: Seven minutes and 52 seconds
1: it's about the band Touche and more mm-hmm. and jeff was kind of they were label mates and jeff was uh, put out their records and he was just telling them to stay true to the music that they are because the
0: yeah music kind industry, of like
1: drink their blood you know
0: yeah it's like advice maybe a bit of criticism like he sees them going somewhere yeah uh, but yeah it kind of feels like a like a you know an a parent and child relationship you know but it's like more like an old band who's, you know, world wary and wise and they know all this stuff. They're going to tell this new band how not to fuck it up. Not their to guest. do. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> the, you know, the one thing that they got to do is stay true. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know if they knew that this would be their last album, but it feels like a final album. Like it's got a really long runtime. It's got a wide range of influences there seems to be like no regard for like I guess like genre purity. I'm saying with big big yeah. quotes like it's not like a straightforward like emo album. Yeah, they
1: don't give a fuck. They're just doing what they want to do, which is admirable. Yeah. In, in that aspect, I I dig that. Yeah. Uh, so
0: yeah, they it sounds like they do what they want to do, and um, or like stuff they maybe wanted to try, and then it's got like the kind of atypical song structures.
1: Hmm. Um. So that's th- that's Thursdays. No Devolution, uh, you can listen to it on Spotify. I'm guess there's some vinyl copies out there if you really want to hear it. Uh-huh. Um, if you listen to it, and you're like, "What the fuck are Chris and Ryan talking about?" Uh, this record rips. It's not a bad record. It's just it's it's Thursday, sputtering out. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, they they said all they need to say, and that's all I have to say about that. Um, <laughs> I. Don't regret that. Stop listening to them. It's fine. Right.
0: (laughs) I'm Um, also fine that I never started listening to them.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk. Let's move on.
0: Yeah. Shall we? Okay. So So, I went with one more light by Lincoln park. Oh man. (laughs) Um, well, real quick. uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Lincoln park. They are from Agora Hills, California. Uh, and they they were made up of Mike Shinoda, Brad Delson, Dave Farrell, Joe Hahn, Rob Borden, and uh Chester Bennington.
1: The late Chester Bennington.
0: Yeah. Um. Uh so I don't I, I don't think they're gonna make music anymore uh since he <laughs> passed. Um but yeah, you know, they're they're kind of like one of the more popular like new metal bands, I guess. They were kind of mixing like metal and rap on their early stuff like uh, hybrid theory and Meteora. Yeah. Uh, and then as they went on, I guess they they seem to have gotten more electronic and more poppy, which w- we'll see on this album. But I stopped listening to them after Meteora. So it's like I didn't I saw none of how they developed. Um, but they used to be my favorite band.
1: When you're like a kid. Like, yeah, it was like 11, middle 12. school. OK, yeah, yeah,
0: uh, pre, yeah. yeah. Pre high school.
1: Yeah. Um I I only ha- like when I was when i started, first started playing guitar like with other people, uh I was I was learning Lincoln Burke songs. Um, right like, like from the first record, you know, hyperthere, ding, ding 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 ding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, They're probably pretty about. fun to play.
1: Yeah, yeah, um they were and they were pretty easy to play
0: too. Um, um So interesting stuff about this album is they had released an album before this called like the hunting party, which was them trying to go back and write like a, like a heavy rock album. Cause you know, they saw the landscape of people writing all the same stuff and all the, you know, they were very like, you know, fuck, fuck what everyone else is doing. (laughs) We're doing this. And then they did one more light that, they wrote almost none of the music for Chester Chester Bennington didn't write. He wrote like maybe two songs on here. They yeah, had a bunch of then, songwriters help out. Like and, this is. And
1: it, yeah. And I, well, from what I understand is that Chester just sang mostly. And that was it. Like mm-hmm. then, I I know that Mike Shinoda and Brad Delson had a lot to do with writing songs on this record and writing from the view of what they thought Chester would, would sing like, which Oh my god! We get once we get to this record. I have, I I have so many fucking problems with it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: and it, it is weird that there are a lot of people who like look at this album, and they're like, "Oh, I gotta see," you know, all the stuff leading up to Chester Bennington's death. Like maybe there's clues yeah. in here, and it's like he didn't write any of it. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, "There's nothing that would give you an indication because because he died and he almost wrote none of this record. Like he had no, almost nothing to do with it."
0: Yeah, but uh, well, I mean, we'll get into it, um, but yeah, it it's weird. It's mostly written by other other songwriters who are like outside of the band. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's probably a collaboration thing. Um, It doesn't sound like them at all. Uh, And it's like really short. Like, I think it's only like 10 tracks. It's one of those just like, why the hell does this album exist?
1: Yeah, it's it's and I'm going to say it's bad.
0: Yeah. It's a bad record. Well let's listen um, to the sampler and we'll we'll tear this thing apart.
1: It was like a hell date.
0: Lights are on, but nobody's home. But I know yeah I
1: and buzzing noises eh? I won't let you feel that now Invisible Invisible I can slow things down I wanna let go But discomfort comfort in the panic
0: Not like I made the choice So let my mind stay so fucking messy Okay. Yep. So, uh, so fair warning: we're probably not going to be super fair to this album, but they they set themselves up because they talked so much shit on other bands sounding exactly like this when they did Hunting Party. So now it's uh, back on them. <laughs> you know what this
1: this record and uh, I got this vibe from it the whole time. It sounds like a fucking Christian rock record.
0: I could see that. It. it I said I should like,
1: wrote that down on one two three, four, five, six of the songs in here. sound like can come on Christian contemporary radio because, Oh my God, this thing is, mm,
0: it's, I would say the best part and the worst part of this album are that it is so fucking catchy. Like, Oh, oh yeah. Dude. Oh, after, yeah. <laughs> after I had, you know, I'd taken notes, I'd stopped listening to it. I made the sampler and everything. It's like, if I see one of the song titles, it sticks in my head, which is crazy. Because no, there's I'm albums saying, I like uh, that, that doesn't, it doesn't yeah. even happen with.
1: Yeah, the, the the they're earworms, but this record is fucking awful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. Um, so we'll we'll just go go through track by track. Um, first track, nobody can save me, which I think that's probably one of the tracks people were looking at to be like, oh, yeah, where are yeah. the Um, but it it has this like auto tuned affected vocals. Um, it's written yeah. by
1: John Green Brad Delson and Mike Shinoda Um, Mike Shinoda had a lot to do with this record It's mostly
0: is, like his album
1: Right and it's It's bad
0: <laughs> Sorry sorry, Mike But yeah this song's <laughs> more I mean the whole album it's Clearly more like pop oriented um, yeah, and- This has like R&B like finger snaps It's got trap drums It's got some like dubstepy synths
1: this wasn't my shit though you know like 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 this song is about you know sort of uh you have to save yourself sort of pull yourself up by your bootstraps after after forgiving yourself for the shit you did
0: and yeah it's got stuff in there like you know nobody can save me it's got you know i'm dancing with my demons like it's darker but then they do kind of you know turn around at the end with like this you know you can chase out the darkness kind of message at the end so they don't yeah yeah they don't like wallow too much in the you know the sad depressing lyrics but also i just feel like the lyrics do not fit what they're trying to do like it sounds like they wrote these really catchy like pop songs and then they're like also sad lyrics and you're it like it there's a weird disconnect there that it doesn't feel like they're trying to do something like artistic with it. Like, oh, something's hiding beneath the surface. It's just like, no, you just wrote a catchy song and threw whatever lyrics you had at it. It's, it's
1: not a good song. It's, <laughs> it's catchy. I, I like. Uh, tell me, yeah, I forget. Yeah, like, like.
0: Uh, it's just it's breezy. It sounds so breezy.
1: Why does this? Why does this shit exist? Um, at least in the Lincoln Park aspect of it, not that I really feel betrayed or anything about Lincoln Park.
0: yeah, I don't I, I don't either. I just but, I think it's so funny that the album before this like I, when I was you know researching the other albums I missed out on that they were like so strongly like, oh, you know, Lincoln Park has to come in and show people how to make a rock record again. And then they made <laughs> this afterwards. And it's like did you already forget what you said a year ago?
1: Apparently Chester Bington was pretty pissed off at their reaction, like like threatening like to hurt people. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like after the street came out and people were talking chill. He's like these fuckers you know what they talking about. He's pretty upset about it. Um <laughs> and um hey, he, he, he would have been mad at me. Yeah, not that I really cared if fuck about Park, but the, at this time uh, when it came out, neither did you. Right. To be fair.
0: Um Um, but then we get into good goodbye. Uh, which What's has the these weird high-pitched vocal things that are awful.
1: Yeah, it's um, mm, what what is also I mean, the, I guess the only cool thing about this is is Stormy's verse to me. Um, but it's it's weird that they mix in these some of these. Okay, so Mike Shinoda does a voice reverse when he's rapping, which is not unlike him.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I legitimately forgot, like. I was so shocked by the first track on here that I legitimately forgot that Linkin park did rap stuff in their music.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. So when stuff started rapping, I was just like, what
0: the hell <laughs> what yeah, the yeah. fuck's happening? And I was like, Oh wait,
1: it's this, this record doesn't really have a, like a, a, this song itself doesn't really have a theme. Um, cause everything, like, for example, storms, just sings about, I guess, I guess he talks about like his early life. And then now he's look at him, he's singing with Linkin Park <laughs> and using the term like goodbye to my old host. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. Um,
0: it's weird. But yeah, so they've got Stormzy, they've got Pusha T. Um, and yeah, so it's just like another more pop oriented song that's featuring famous people. Like I feel like they're trying to make like iPod commercial. But
1: are music. Pusha T and, and Stormzy are they are they famous?
0: I I've heard of them without okay. listening to them.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, if I'm going to give this album credit, they do a good job of like blending their influences. I don't like what comes out at the end, but it's got like reggae drum fills. It mixed with like the trap drums. It's got techno synths um, and then like arena rock vocals. Like it does all mesh really well. I just don't think the songs are good. <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. It-
1: no, I, I do. I do want to say that they're not. They're uh, they're not. They're not shitty at their instruments or singing, like you said. They're, they're, they're proficient and it mixes well together. It's not. It's just not my shit. Exactly. <laughs> there is a. There's some verified annotation from Chester Bington on um on the song. I'm gonna go ahead and read it. Please do. It's not my enemy's trying to read me. That's what Mike says. And here's what that Chester says. Had no idea any of this, but when I heard this, I, was, I, when I heard this song, I was like, "This is direct fucking fuck you to every kid that is fucking talk shit about this band because you know they'll be fucking wrong one in some way or another, whether it was this fucking band when they're about to shit or whatever, or these guys are fucking manufacturers or whatever." I go all the way back to uh, I actually called the anti-carson was the cause of everything bad in the world.
0: Angry. Yeah, there's a lot of anger. There's more anger in that statement than I than on this entire album. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is a fuck you song. Oh <laughs> weehoo <laughs> uh
1: but I don't yeah, this this whole record is pretty shitty and this is honestly, this is not one of the shittier songs on the record. It gets even worse than this.
0: I really don't like those high, that high pitch vocal thing that they do. Okay, Every okay. time it shows up on a song, I immediately hate the song. Um, but let's move on to talking to myself, which sounds like a Carly Rae Jepsen song,
1: <laughs> and it's from the view of Chester's wife apparently, which is pretty fucking bold to say. Oh, this is what your wife thinks of you right. and your uh, <laughs> and your marriage and shit. Like, what the fuck, like, dude. Um, but this is also written by uh, Mike and Brad. And one other person.
0: Um, this whole album's written by a bunch of people. I will yeah, say, yeah. though, so not only does this sound like a Carly Rae Jepsen song, but it also sounds like it would be the theme song to a lesser WWE pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: But yeah, it's... J.R. wrote him. Brad Delson and Mike Shinoda. So yeah, go ahead and write this from the view of Chester's wife. And they only know because... I don't know. It's fucking stupid.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, They do like vocal effects as backup singers throughout this album as well, which I thought was really weird. Yeah. It, and it's also crazy. Like the writing process of this album was that they wrote the lyrics first and then the music because the strongest part of this album is the music. It's like the melo- the The melodies are strong because they they're earworms and they stick in your head, but the lyrics are awful. Yeah. Like they'd been sitting on these and they had time to workshop them before the music came up. And that's the best they came up with. But this out, this song does feature two entire seconds of acoustic guitar.
1: Oh yeah. And that's all you'll hear of a guitar. In the, in most. There's of the like
0: almost no guitar on this album. Like there's, i was reading stuff oh, you, to, you I, i'm listening to it and i'm like i
1: guess i hear that like what does it sound like live is it live is it more did they, did they turn up the guitar you know i like, imagine that they they gotta do something there's like, a whole like-
0: section on wikipedia of the guitar player defending what he did on this album and all that and it was like <laughs> man if you got to release these big ass statements about this like, <laughs> <laughs> you got a problem
1: yeah, I, I really feel like they thought this would fucking launch them into Superstar. they're probably pretty big by this time. And maybe it did. But these songs are are just. Are, I don't think you listen to Linkin Park for park, pop, right?
0: Like I, I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know the between the, yeah, Meteora is, and this album thing. I know they took a more kind of pop approach as they went on, but I don't know how far in they dipped into it.
1: But they they're, they're they're writing from the view of Talinda, who is Chester's wife, and it, I wonder if they're like, "Hey man, we wrote this song." He's like, "Cool." <laughs> like,
0: like, like, yeah, I <laughs> doubt he cared.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I would be like, but a lot of these songs have to sound like that. They're they're trying to write for Chester, and he's they just want to be cool with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's um, kind of the vibe I got as well. It's like, yeah, like writing for someone else. And it's like you can throw and. He Mike Shinoda sang on a couple tracks on here, and then that's when it sounded like he was talking about his own stuff.
1: You know, you know, it's weird. I saw this uh interview that Mike Shinoda did with uh with um Anthony Fantano, mm-hmm. right? And this is after um this record. And when Mike Shinoda came on and he's like, i ought to beat your ass, <laughs> you know, or he thought that because he thought that basically Mike Shinoda was going on his show to, to basically talk shit to. That's not what they did. They just talked about about stuff. Um, but but he's he's still really proud of this record. I mean, I'm, it I seems
0: personal why. to him, I guess.
1: I, I don't um, think I have anything else to say.
0: Oh so, well, let's move on to Battle Symphony then.
1: Uh, this song, uh, Christian rock song again. Like oh, just, absolutely. Like, and, and also the weird, like catchy as fuck. <laughs> like like use it back together
0: (laughs) by this point on the album. I was wondering if the, the vocal samples were just something for DJ Han to do. Like he got a sampler and he's like, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, There's a lot of references to light kind of throughout the album. That seems to be a a motif running through it. Um, But yeah, it's another one of similar to the opening track. It's another like song of upbeat music, but with, you know, the darker lyrics because uh, yeah,
1: they say it's really the like it's sort of like the voices in your head and how that that, that, that they're like a yeah, they're just there to, to torment you.
0: Yeah. This <laughs> was the that's... second single. So this one, if you were to have heard one, you might have heard this.
1: Yeah. Was um, the first single "Nobody Can Save Me, right? That's the first single this one, right? Maybe. Because it sounds like I've heard it before. Or maybe a I've lot of these so songs, songs sound like, like
0: something I've heard before.
1: Okay. not necessarily these songs either. I mean, not necessarily the songs you heard were this song, there's just some you, there's so much songs that sound like this. Right. And I think when this came out, like I read that also it was like, it was three years behind what pop music is. Like Like this sounds like pop music. They came out three years before the record, Right. And
0: um, um, this track is pretty good. Like production wise has pretty good layering with like the organ, the synths and the strings, but like, it's kind of symphonic, but I think for a song called battle symphony, they don't, go super hard into the symphonic aspect of it. So it like, it doesn't have that payoff.
1: They don't go super hard at all. Yeah. This song does not go
0: hard. But um, to, con- um, to continue this thought of the symphony, I take umbrage with the title of this song called battle symphony. Cause it's about voices. <laughs> Why isn't it called like battle choir or battle yeah. chorus? Something. Cause it's symphony, Pretty sure sh- maybe there's vocals there, but it, it it feels like it's mostly you know instruments and stuff. I don't know. It's- yeah.
1: The, also, this is the only somewhere you hear Grain and Chester's voice, which is the like like I like Grain and voices, mm-hmm. especially if you're in a fucking rock band. That's cool. Um, uh But uh, but again, I think umbrage with this whole record. This song <laughs> in itself is. It's it's bad. It's just a bad song, and it's catchy, and that's even worse.
0: Yeah, I think that's the <laughs> worst part is how how long these songs were stuck in my head after I listened to it. I listened one I listen song, say, one like, song in particular, which we'll we'll get to. Um,
1: I listened, I listened to it today. Uh, was the last time to l- listen to it. And I'm like, I don't even listen to I remember, like, so I remember it because it's all stuck in my head. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, like, yeah. It,
0: it's so it's so like simple but catchy that it's like. Yeah, I have Battle Symphony stuck in my head right now. I'm sorry, dude. That's all right. Um, but the next track is called Invisible, uh, which opens and closes with these like synthwave synths, which I like very 80s sounding, but they don't stay around for very long. And then like a clean guitar and like some marchy drums show up.
1: And th- this is a weird one because Mike should does the lead vocals on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And that's when it's more personal to him. He's not trying to write for someone else. He's talking about like uh, his, his, his own kids. Yeah.
1: It, it also sounds like Christian rock.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I again. wrote that this one, like all these songs are so generic. Like it, it sounds like they're just taking bits from every other pop rock band.
1: Just, uh, I, I can just hear the song during like the fellowship conferences with people with their arms in there. And yeah. And like, <laughs> you know, like that's why, like, like, you know, like that's why I got out of this song. Um, you know, uh, it's just, yeah. So this, not talking about this, we'll talk about the next one. The next time that Mike has another song about his kids. <laughs> and yeah, this one.
0: Little, so this one's about his kids. It's about yeah. like parenting and like the fears about how your actions might affect your kids. Yeah. And so like, lyrically on this album, I'm impressed that they were able to kind of move beyond like the teenage angst lyrics of their early stuff.
1: And talk about like they yeah,
0: they didn't Go move ahead. into anything interesting. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. I'm no longer angsty, now I'm a parent.
1: I have responsibilities,
0: which <laughs> like uh we you know recently listened to some new albums, uh like specifically like Father John Misty, mm-hmm. or heck, even the other album that we were talking about on here, like oh, they do oh. something interesting with the the lyrics, these are not interesting lyrics.
1: Um, uh, sadly, they are not, and it's. Uh, it's I, I I don't know how to. I, I and again, it's just it's, it's confounding that this that that they were like, yeah, we'll make this, and people will right. like it.
0: Hey, but this does like, have a pretty cool piano thing near the end of the track. <laughs> so, me up for it. Yeah, I for it.
1: thanks, Mike, for that song about parenting. It's.
0: But then we yeah. move on to what I think is probably the the catchiest song on the album, at least for me. It's heavy featuring Kiara, which I this was the first single.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound like a first song. It sounds like Kiara's song.
0: Well, yeah. So the verses are awful and they're melodramatic. They're not good. Yeah. Um, and then there's like this weird reverse vocal thing that almost gives it like a poltergeist effect, which <laughs> has to be unintentional. They Surely yeah. it was not a poltergeist <laughs> reference. But I'm—I yeah. swear I've heard this song before. You or probably it, have. Or it sounds so similar to something, but it's got a really strong, catchy chorus. Um, but a lot of these songs also weren't written by the band, so it's like it seems like they just hired some hit makers to make them a hit. And so it sounds like, like but, Chester.
1: It looks like Chester did have a hand in writing this song.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think him and Kiara might have seven other people. Yeah. (laughs) It might've collaborated on the lyrics, but this one has a super, super catchy chorus.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a weird song, man. It's, it's, but like you said, that it almost has a poultry, effect, and Yeah. There's no way that's intentional Um, (laughs) because, because I just don't see there to be a type band that just reference poultry. out of nowhere. (laughs) Right. You know, Uh, that would that, that would mean it's kind of cool.
0: <laughs> There's nothing yeah, cool about this record. They get they get no uh no reasonable doubt.
1: She'll see the fuck word in this song though? Kiara does, which is cool.
0: <laughs> Dang, that means I can't. My parents won't let me buy this album now.
1: Oh uh, yeah, you know parental advisory. Um, but uh, yeah, I I wrote down car sings chorus and says fucking ick. That's that's what I wrote about yeah. it. So,
0: <laughs> Well, um, well, let's move on to "Sorry" for now, uh, which is Mike Shinoda have, singing. And I have problems with
1: the lyrics in this. Um,
0: they're not great and the singing's weird.
1: It's about like saying like, "Hey, I'm going on to tour. Fuck you guys!" <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, I'll like, like, be
0: sorry, sorry for sorry now. For like, it you'll now. Get it. Yeah, you'll get yeah, yeah, it.
1: Yeah, 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 you'll get it. Yeah, um, yeah, I don't really mean that. I don't really. I'll be sorry for now, but. It's, you know, whatever you get over it.
0: <laughs> uh, this has the, between the choruses and verses is like my least favorite part moment on this whole album where it's like, you get these, you get the affected vocals, you get the awkward trap drums with like little hints of guitar, but it seems like very at odds with the, uh, the pop rock of the album. It's really <laughs> jarring and it's, it's really bad.
1: And Christian rock again. Oh well, yeah. With that. Down. Oh, for sure. Every time. Every time I hear something, something Christian rock, I struggle in my notes because that's like I couldn't, I could not separate the the fellowship conferences, the late night commercials of people in their heads in the air when the song is up. Yeah, songs are playing, (laughs) and it's and again, I saw the problem with the absent, like the absent father. Sorry, not sorry. Part of this song.
0: Sorry, I'm absent, kids, but pump the bass up, (laughs) which he says. On the song, pump the bass up. <laughs> like... Come oh, on, kids!
1: Bad. Come on, kids! Dance to Daddy's not here.
0: It's so weird.
1: Uh, uh, yeah. Oh my god. Uh, this song. Switch your time zones. Can't pick the pace up. Um, pump the bass up. <laughs> no, it says, "Yeah, stop telling him to pump the bass up." No, because you got to go up and brush your teeth. Dad won't be here today. And we'll if their mom who's you can't handle you right now, but I'm on tour. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. All oh, right. well.
0: well, let's move on to halfway right. Uh, another super catchy one. Uh, although some parts of the the vocals sound like they were recorded through like a phone.
1: Yeah, that's weird, right?
0: Chester literally phoned it in.
1: Yeah. Um. Apparently... This is what it says: is that a song sung by Chester Bennington with no or very little background support from Mike Shinoda and the band member? It's a half and half track, apparently. It's, it talks talks about the shit he did growing up.
0: Yeah, the uh, I would say this one they actually did a pretty good job with the lyrics
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, until you hit the na na nas, <laughs> which are so lazy. Um, but then. The so it's like Chester Bennington wrote the the lyrics and stuff, but it all it's all undercut again by how like laid back the music is for the like the heaviness.
1: Yeah, it's it's a laid, big laid back hip hop beat going mm. through this thing. It's, it, but the yeah the the lyrics are fucking crazy. Like they're they're sad and fucked up, you know and. If you if you're looking at this in the uh through the winds of Chester Bennington's suicide, yeah, it's kind of it's it's sort of like looking at this like is he feeling okay?
0: You mm-hmm. know, so yeah, it's, it's it's interesting. You know, like he looking at himself when he realized he was kind of at his worst, and he's like you know fighting his own demons and all that stuff. Very mm-hmm. like yeah, very interesting stuff for one track.
1: Yeah. Um. This also said the na na na's remind me of things in the memories about Fall Out Boy. Uh huh. Like, I was like, that's the same melody, kind of. And then I went back to listening to the came I'm like, no, 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 no. I was like, oh, okay, that's basically the same bridge, like, same melody at the very least. And yeah, they're just, up, they're just
0: grabbing grabbing people's stuff from everywhere.
1: Yeah, and again, I think it's the same time mission in Fall Out Boy, like in the past, like four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to fall out. Boy, it's not bad. I didn't buy the records. This is just from being in the radio on with my wife in the car. Right. So, <laughs> so, so I want to make that clear to the listeners that I'm not, I don't love fall out. Boy. I don't actually necessarily have any ill feelings toward the band. Hey, I don't know. You sound awfully
0: shit. defensive. I think you yeah. do like fall out. Boy.
1: <laughs> Sit the fuck out. Yeah. You know. <laughs> do not look at my recollection. <laughs> you want to move on to one more light?
0: Yeah. Yeah. The titular track, um, it's very ballady. Yeah. Uh, it's got, you know, tremolo, tremolioli guitar. Um, and it's
1: also it's also very fucking catchy.
0: It is, especially for being like as slow as it is. Uh, it, you know, it's got it's got fine lyrics on, you know, everyone's important um, <laughs> the stars, but yeah, you. What is it with the albums like this that the slow, boring songs are always the longest tracks?
1: Oh yeah, this is four minutes, four minutes, sixty seconds—pure torture. Um, <laughs> um But yeah, the uh,
0: the band described it as being like a piano ballad, despite not having any piano. But it's you know airy, <laughs> acousticy. It's like this is going to be the one that you know someone brings up to really bring down the mood at a karaoke night.
1: Also sounds like a, uh, also sounds like um, a Christian rock song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With like the yeah, you know, the star goes out. You you know, got I made mean, the stars and if it goes out. Well, you always remember the stars in your heart, sort of thing because they died. Um, <laughs> so the this is the weird shit is that um, the song was dedicated to Chris Cornell uh, like after they, it was written, because um, he passed away the day before this record by. Um, Lincoln Park was released. Uh so they sang out like, they give it, you know, this was Chris Cornell and mm-hmm. Kimball, they played this song for him. And then a couple of months later, you know, Chester, you know, died. And then that was dedicated him. Which I mean, it's sad that it's definitely a sad thing is apparently well, Chris and Chester were pretty close as like from the buds. But again, I don't know how much of that is actually true. You know what I mean? Like people say these things like, were they close or they're friendly? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But again, I don't know. I mean, it's just like, in, in email, it was like, here's pictures of them together hugging or whatever. But, um, <laughs> yeah, The song this is not a good song. It's. And it's just by this time in the record, when I'm listening to them, I'm like, oh, we're almost over. Thank yep.
0: God. <laughs> yep. And then we get to the last track, sharp edges, which is the most just buck wild left turn. They sounds do like, like Mumford and Sons. Yeah, it's like oh, a folk pop inspired thing, which is also crazy because I, I'm i pretty sure they specifically called out Mumford and Sons on their previous album.
1: They're like hey, fucking Mumford and Sons it's like, oh, OK, never mind. But we are now oh, Mumford and Sons like, are
0: popular. Well, why don't we do yeah. Sharp Edges then? Yeah, and <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's got like a little like country western guitar moment in there. Although this does have one of the better vocal performances on the album, but it's it's just so crazy, this like jaunty little yeah. folk pop song.
1: Chester actually said this is his favorite track off the record.
0: I mean, I could I'd buy that. Okay. It's the only uh it's the only one that sounds like this.
1: <laughs> it's it's yeah, and the lyrics aren't bad on it. It's but it's again, it's 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 so generic.
0: It's the most generic. And it's like not, at it's no like point listening to this album would I have believed that it was a Linkin Park album had I not put it on myself. Like if somebody else was like, "Hey, check out this Linkin Park album." I'd be like, "No, it's not."
1: Yeah. I'm not going to Oh, you brought you brought this over to listen to? Well, I don't want to listen to it at all.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I still um, I still don't even though I now I know it's Linkin Park.
1: Uh, I'm 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 kind of I mean, I'm angry myself for for uh for listening to this, it's just that I know it now. <laughs> yeah, I mean? and
0: now now a lot of those songs live rent-free inside your head.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, there might be a day when I go to my Spotify when no one's around and listen to Battle Symphony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to free it from my head. Like, what I used to do is um, every now and then, like, you know, if I have a song in my head, I'll go on a guitar. But there's no guitars in this record, so I can't even do that. Right. And there's, there's a kitty cat in the background. Oh yeah. hecky Kitty Cat. <laughs> but um
0: That was so w- that was one more light by Linkin Park.
1: <laughs> uh you know what I think it's time for? What's that? A new theme.
0: Well let's do it.
1: Oh give me a second, because I don't know what the bag is. So draw
0: that theme. <laughs> draw that theme. Let me find it. <laughs> the bag,
1: That. Okay. It was where I thought it was, so good times there. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I didn't you
0: see it at first. Your hats. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, what I pull out? Oh, I want to do that one. I'll do it later.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, this was our 50th episode. We didn't announce that. Oh yeah, top, hey, yeah. So, sorry
1: guys. Yeah, we didn't really know it was, and we didn't do anything special, and we will tell our do something special. Uh, this one's called "Not in the Mood." Okay. So it's actually at least you in the right mood or something like that. Just take it as you will. Yeah, not in the mood. I think and I've we'll got think
0: a few. I've got a few that I I think will match this pretty well.
1: I I do too. Um, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a weird one. <laughs> not not a weird one. is like it's a, it's a really nebulous theme, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's also super specific. Like I got, but I have a few records in my record collection that fit this that I only pull out in certain instances it
0: says right so, uh,
1: but yeah um, that was that was our episode uh, what should I go on pal
0: uh, well me and a friend of mine do the music for this podcast intro and outro um, we've got two little EP things on Bandcamp so if you want to check us out we're at smell.bandcamp.com they're free to download or listen to whatever you want to do with them. Uh, so check us out. What about you? What do you got going I, on?
1: I do know the podcast on Movies Don't Suck and Some They Do. So we could podcast where we talk about typically new movies. Um, I don't know when this will be released, probably in the next couple weeks, but at the, by this time, Panic Fest would have happened and we are having a whole lot of Panic Fest content. So uh, there'll be a lot of on our feed and you can do some of their Panic Fest content. So you can come out of Kansas City next year and attend that horror festival. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm sure I had a great time. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. That's I think that's that's it for the
0: episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris and I'm Ryan. We'll see you next and time. This was
1: Rick. All right, do we did it? Sweet.